I don't know about you, I'm so thankful for my parents, for our lead pastors and their leadership. I think particularly in seasons like this, uh, where so many of us are experiencing the same thing in so many different ways, and we're all looking for guidance, we're all looking for counsel. Uh, which way do we go? What do we believe? What do we do? And uh, I hope that you're well. And I honestly today have great courage to believe that even if you don't feel well, that you're going to be. I believe I have a word today that'll encourage you. And uh, so today, let's open our hearts today. We've been doing this for a couple weeks now. And as you do anything, it's easy to get into a routine or a rhythm and kind of miss out on the magnitude of the moment. Today, let's just, let's just lock in and ask God to do what God and only God can do. I can talk, I can communicate, people can sing, people can lead us in worship. But we need more than that. We need the divine. We need providence. We need God in a God-like way to do what God and only God can do. So I want to open up today uh, by reading a passage of scripture. If you have your Bibles, I think they're going to put this on, on uh, your screen that you're watching on. I want to read out of the book of John. I'm going to read this out of the NIV uh, this morning uh, today. Uh, John chapter 2, verse 1. This is actually the first miracle that Jesus has ever done, and it's kind of the uh, backstory on that. In verse 2, it says this, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. It says this, Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had always been invited to the wedding. Remind, remind you, this is before any miracle has ever taken place by Jesus' hands. Verse 3 says this, When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to, them, said to him, They have no more wine. And Jesus' response is, oh, like, okay. He says, Woman, why do you involve me? He says, My hour's not yet come. Why are you telling me they don't have more wine? How is that my responsibility? His mother said to the servants then, Do whatever he tells you. Verse 6 says this, Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And so Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. So they did. And the text says the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone, who, everyone brings out choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But it seems that you have saved the best till now. Verse 11 says, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. You know, it, the last couple of weeks, I think probably months for, for us have been somewhat of a blur to think that we're this far into this year and this is what our world, our life has become. A lot of the unexpected things that we didn't see coming. And so we're all finding different ways to kind of rebuild, to find a new sense of normal. There's a lot of terminology like that. Uh, being thrown around in our world and our society. One thing I think that a lot of people have found uh, comfort in is television, movies, social streaming services, the ability to watch content and things like that. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I choose a TV show that I'm going to watch or, or binge or choose a movie, I am totally that guy that judges the book by its cover. I pick the movie solely based upon the thumbnail. If it looks interesting, I'm in. I don't want to know anything about the movie. Don't tell me too much. At the very, very... Uh, most, I'm okay with knowing the plot, because I like this sense of uh, wonder. I like this sense of, of, of I'm kind of going on an adventure. I love those moments when you're watching something, and you can go, what? What just happened? Did they seriously just kill that person off? What? Tell me this isn't real. I did not see that coming. I love the thrill. I love the wonder. Now, my wife is completely different, and oh, it drives me crazy to no end, because we sit down, pick something to watch on Netflix, and 
and it is in 30 seconds, and she has her phone out, and she's Googling not only the plot, but who's gonna, who's gonna die, when they're gonna die, of what they're gonna die of, so that she can make sure that she's not in the room when it happens. She has these questions because she wants to be able to prepare herself for it, and I, I laugh about it, but in reality, I think a lot of us are kind of like this. Maybe not as it pertains to silly things like picking our television shows, but in our world that we live in, we obsess over questions. And I think that we have all of these questions because we wanna be prepared. We've experienced what it's like in life to not be prepared, to not have my act together, to not have everything uh, figured out. So I ask questions so that I can figure out as much as I can to be prepared for what is to come. At the same time, I, I, I can't help but ask myself the question, does it cause us to miss out on the wonder? Because I think that life is supposed to be experienced. I think we're supposed to experience serendipity, this, this idea of how did that happen? I don't even know how that happened. Could you tell me your, your key to your success? If I'm really honest with you, I don't know. These, these magical moments where we can't describe our feelings, we can't describe our emotions, we can't describe how it really happened. There was something magical in the air. There was something serendipitous about it. There was something that I can't put my finger on. It's wonder, what I'm really talking about is the miraculous. I think life is supposed to be littered with the miraculous, and I think that we crave it. I think that you know it. I think that you know that the greatest gifts in your life have not been of your doing. I think the things that you value and the things that you obsess over, and when you're telling your kids and your grandkids stories, they're really not the stories about the, the, the secret equation that you learned to make you a success. They're really not the things that you worked really hard for and achieved. The stories you tell are those moments that I don't even know how it happened, but it happened. We crave the wonder, we want the wonder, and yet we're also plagued with questions. And if there's one thing that humans are really good at is taking this wonder, taking the miraculous, and making it mechanical. What, what am I talking about? Because I'm so obsessed with questions, I then become not just plagued with questions, but obsessed with answers. I gotta know, I gotta know so that I can prepare. And, and while this is, Part of being human, the challenge is we have this tendency to lose the wonder because we dumb everything down to an equation. Things that were filled of awe and things that were filled of wonder and things that seemed by happen chance and there was something divine and there was providence and there was something bigger than me driving this ship, I start analyzing it. How did that happen? And all of a sudden, what happens? We come up with these programs for success. Everything that was once mechanical, miraculous becomes mechanical. I can now tell you if you wanna have money, this is how you have money. I cannot tell you if you wanna have successful relationships, do ABC and then you'll have successful relationships. If you wanna have a good physique, here's the mechanics, here's what you need, but the challenge with this is, is we lose out on the wonder. Life becomes boring. We become depressed, we become anxious. Is it not interesting that we live in a world and a society, many of you even viewing today, that are so plagued with anxiousness, restlessness, depression, being overwhelmed with life itself. I don't, can I be honest with you? I don't think that we're anxious and depressed because we don't have our questions answered. I think that we're actually anxious and depressed because we have too many of our questions answered. And because I have so many of my questions answered, the few that I don't have figured out become that much more overwhelming. When I get all of my questions answered, when I not just ask questions but obsess over answers, I lose out on the wonder. Life loses its oomph. Life loses that thing that we all crave. So what do I do? Do I, do I not ask any questions? No, I don't think that you don't ask any questions. I think, in fact, as humans, this is what we're driven to do. I think the key is to make sure that you're asking the right questions. 
especially when you go through times in life, life where, where it feels like you've run out, where you've, where you've run out of money, you've run out of wisdom, your plan that you used to have, that this was the plan, and this is what made life work. When, when that plan runs out, what are the questions that you ask? I think a lot of us feel that way today. When we read the story, the people in the story have run out. They've run out of wine, something that would have been customary at a wedding. Something would have been normal at a wedding. They've run out of normal. Normal has run out. Can anybody relate to that today? I feel like my normal has run out and I, and I don't know what to do. And my natural tendency as, to, as, as a human is to ask myself the question, when normal runs out, what, what can I do to fix it? And I think even us as observers of this story can watch what Jesus tells these disciples to do, tells these servants to do, and actually miss out on what he's actually telling them to do because we're so mechanically minded. We think jars, we gotta get jars, and we gotta fill up jars. What are my jars? It, but but we, have to, we have to recognize that this miracle did not begin when jars were filled with water. This miracle began when they ran out of wine. What am I talking about? What are the chances that they would run out of wine? You're geared when you run out to lean into the mechanical. Here's what I've come to tell you today to the person who has run out of money, to the person who has run out of influence, the person who feels like their normal has run run out. Do not lean into the mechanical. Gather yourself and make the decision to lean into the miraculous. The miracle did not happen. It did not start when they took these these, uh, stone carriers and filled them with water. It started when they ran out of wine. What are the chances that they would run out of wine? Like, think about this. What are the chances that they would even run out of wine? Who, Who... who forgot to order enough wine? Did too many people show up? What, what had to align? What, one, what, what had to happen that was outside of everybody's control just to present this situation? What, what are the chances that Mary would think this is her responsibility? And if it was her responsibility, what are, her, what are the chances that she wouldn't just stand up and tell everybody, hey guys, I'm sorry, but we've ran out of wine. What are the chances that she wouldn't just do that, but she'd actually take this problem that she's taken on and her, as her problem and actually delegate it to her son? What are the chances that Jesus would even be there? What are the chances that Jesus would even accept the challenge? What am I talking about? There's wonder, there's wonder in existence long before you begin to wonder. We think that life is mechanical, but it's not about the mechanics. It's about the miraculous. You can't lose the sense of wonder. When I run out, what do I do? I have to ask the right questions. Here's the first question that I think that I have to ask. I touched on this last weekend, but I, I want you to get this today because I think it will practically help a lot of people that they feel like they're at an end. When I, when I feel like I've run out, here's the first question that I have to ask. Where's the opportunity? Where, where's the opportunity? Because anytime there's an end, it's not over. It's simply the opportunity to start again. It's, it's a new beginning. And it, isn't it fascinating? I think about this with God. The Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yet when you read throughout the, the, uh, throughout the recesses of Scripture, God is always saying, behold, I do a new thing. Like the one who is the same yesterday, today, for, for, forever is always doing a new thing. Why is he doing, always doing a new thing? Because he knows how we're geared. We'll take the thing that he does and make it mechanical to the point that it becomes simply about wisdom and it loses its wonder. And so God has to do something new for us to get the miraculous back into our life again. If you feel like life has run out, you have to ask yourself, where is the opportunity? Where is the opportunity? Life is not over. There's just a new beginning. The end of one thing is always the opportunity to step into a new thing. I know like you feel 
like it's over. I know you feel like it's a dead end. But when life is run out, it is an opportunity for you to step into something new that you had not seen before. Jesus, in his own life, did not know that this was his time to step into what God has for him. And it was the end of one thing that created an opportunity for Jesus to literally step into the next part of his destiny. And I'm here to tell you the same is true for you, it's not over. Your, your book's not over. There are more chapters ahead that are full of God's wonder, that are full of the miraculous if you will choose to not lean into mechanics and try to find the secret to the success, but to actually lean into the wonder, lean into the miraculous, lean into how humans were created, not to be independent, but to be codependent upon God and each other and ask yourself, where is the opportunity? A lot of times opportunity is hard to spot especially when you're plagued with tumultuous emotions, especially when you're plagued with things that seem a whole lot bigger than you. A lot of times opportunity, I love, I love how Jesus responds to this opportunity that's created by his mother. His first response is this, why do you involve me in this? A lot of times when, you, when you're experiencing endings in life and you're trying to say, where's the opportunity, you're gonna feel this. Why are you involving, it's this, why are you involving me in this? What Jesus is really saying, why are you asking me to do something that I don't do? A lot of you may struggle to see the opportunity because you think, I don't do that. I've never done that before. I, I'm not a technology guy. I don't do cell phones. I don't do computers. I don't know programs. And I'm here to tell you, if you're going to lean into the wonder, there's going to be times that in order to identify the opportunity, you're gonna have to lean into things that you feel like you don't do. Why is this powerful? because it forces you out of the rhythm where I have to understand the mechanics before I enter into the miraculous. I have to understand the wisdom before I experience the wonder. And life was never supposed to be like that. You were actually experiencing the wonder before you ever began to wonder. Asking yourself the question, where is the opportunity? A lot of times the opportunity is gonna make you feel like that's something I don't know to do. You have to lean into it and do it anyway, trusting that there is somebody bigger than you driving the ship, getting the thrill back again. The second thing that Jesus responds, he says, it's not my time. A lot of times it's hard to spot the opportunity because we feel like it just isn't the time. If you were ever thinking about pivoting in your life, if you were ever thinking about doing something new, if you were ever thinking that God may do something in your life, I'm here to tell you now is the time to step into new, your new season. Now is the time for you in your life. A lot, a lot of times we want it to be, the, when we say it's not the time, you know what, we, what we're really saying? I don't have it figured all out yet. Because, I, because I'm not comfortable with stepping into the thing that I'm supposed to step into until I have it figured out, until it feels safe. And the, my, my need for getting all of my questions answered so that I feel safe, it actually is the thing that is keeping you from the fulfillment in life that you actually desire to have. Keeping you from the miraculous, keeping you from the wonder because you're so bent on having the wisdom figured out. You have to be able to see the opportunity so that when you run out, you can lean into the wonder cannot lean into, the, lean into the mechanical, but lean into the miraculous. Imagine as Jesus is sitting there thinking, okay, so I know I don't feel like it's time. I know, I know there's this situation that doesn't feel like it's my responsibility. I liked it better when things were one way, but I think that there's an opportunity here. Many of you find yourself in this position. Well, what's the opportunity? What's the opportunity? I know there's an opportunity. I've heard that there's an opportunity. I actually believe that there's an opportunity. I get it. Anytime there's an end of one thing, there's a beginning of a new thing, but where's the opportunity? I can imagine Jesus sitting there as he identifies, okay, there's gotta be an opportunity here, and he thinks to himself, but I don't have any money with me, and even if I did, and I went to try and go and buy wine, uh, I wouldn't be able to get it back here in time. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And he, he looks up, and he says, the, the, stone, the stone jars. The, the, the stone jars, the text says, that were used by the Jewish people for ceremonial washing. It was something that they would use to wash 
not just to purge themselves physically, but to purge themselves spiritually. There was, it was a religious practice. It was something that they did that God worked through. I could imagine Jesus sitting there and seeing these stone jars and thinking to himself, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? God, what am I gonna do with the jars? I've seen, I've actually seen, actually I've seen God work through those jars. I've seen God actually help people deal with their anxiety and their burdens and their shame and their guilt if they have ceremonially washed, whether you think it's the best practice or not. I've seen God work through that. So Jesus turns and he tells the servants, get those things that God has worked through and fill them up with water. When you feel like you have ran out, you have to ask, number one, where's the opportunity? Here's the second thing, and I want you to catch this and, and, and not just catch it, but apply it. What is the old thing that you can use for a new thing? What is, what is the old thing that I can use for a new thing? I've seen God work through that before. Maybe God can take that that God has worked through and maybe I can repurpose it and watch God work through it again. I made the statement last week and I don't want you to miss it. And it's this, when, when you're looking at a sea of sinking things, you have to pay attention to the things that float. This is why I say the opportunity, look at the things that flow. For, for many of you in business, and I just want to be really practical and sleep to some, speak to some of you uh, business owners, technology is one of those things that, 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 that is floating. Ask yourself, how can I use media? How can I use cameras? How can I use filming things? How can I use uploading things? How can I use the internet? Something that is floating in this season, an old thing that has been existent to actually repurpose it and use it for a new thing. A lot of times the challenge, I think, is this, is, is, is we have this tendency as humans to try to make the new thing the old thing. Rather than take the old thing and repurpose it for a new thing, rather than say, kind of like we talked about last weekend, if I have garden tools, there's times that I need to take my garden tools and I need to make them into weapons. If all I have is weapons, but I need garden tools, sometimes I need to take my weapons, I need to turn them back into garden tools. This lesson is not just a lesson on how to make water, how to make wine out of water. This is a lesson on versatility. This is a lesson on on the way that you access the miraculous is by learning to trust God in a rhythm and to be versatile to be able to ask myself, I don't need to make my future like my past, but we have this tendency of taking the new thing and trying to make the old thing. This is why we ask questions like, will we ever go back to normal? What are we saying? I'm okay with the new, but I want it to look like the old. Here's the challenge. Because we have this tendency to believe that that it was something, that it was the thing in the old thing that made the whole thing work. Buying into the mechanics of this. We think that it was the process or the way things were that made it function. I'm here to tell you that, that it, wasn't, it wasn't those things that made it function. It was the wonder that made it function. It was the fact that God made it work. I know you think that you're smart, and I know that you think that you have all the mechanics figured out, but you know what made that business work? It really wasn't your business plan, sir or ma'am. It was the fact that God has gifted you. It was the fact that God has graced you. It was the fact that God has given you something that is full of wonder, that when you touch it, it does something that only you can do, that God can do through you. It wasn't wasn't the mechanics. It was always the miraculous. It wasn't just the wisdom. It's always been the wonder. When I'm looking back, I'm asking myself, what is the old thing that I can use into a new thing? What is is the old thing? Maybe it's the old business. Okay, if God used the old business, maybe I need to start a new one. If God used my old ideas, maybe I need to to have some new ideas. If, if, If it wasn't the ideas and it wasn't the wisdom, all I knew how to do back then was pray. Maybe I just need to start praying again. Maybe I just need to start trusting the wonder again. Maybe I just need to start leaning into the miraculous again. What do you do when you run out? You don't go searching for mechanics. You have an opportunity. See, running out is this, is this God-given opportunity to lean into the miraculous, 
to get, to get the meaning of life back, to get that thing that we're all really searching for where we don't feel alone because, man, how, I, I can't explain that. I can't define that. I can't rationalize that. There is something bigger. There's something so much bigger than the mechanics of my mind. There is certainly a bigger play. There is wonder and there is the miraculous. Jesus says, fill up the, fill up the stone jars and, uh, and take it to the master. I can imagine what he's thinking because he's never done a miracle before. It's never like, it's not like he has a track record of this. So I can imagine Jesus as he's leaning into the wonder because they've run out asking himself, you know, internally the question, okay, so either he's gonna drink this and it's gonna stay water and everybody's gonna laugh because I just serve like the master of the ceremonies, the water trying to fix this problem and we're all gonna laugh and have a good life or I just create an opportunity for God to do the miraculous. When he takes the water to the master, it says that the master drank the water that had been turned into wine. So was it water or was it wine? Oh, the wonder. I mean, isn't this what makes it fun? Isn't this what makes it energizing to read these stories? Because I, I don't really know, but here's what I do know. As he drank it, he says, I, I can't even tell you where this come from. And here's what I'm believing for you today. Here's what I'm believing for those of you that feel like you have run out. You've run out of wisdom. You've run out of mechanics. You've run out of normal. You've run out of money. You've run out of relational success. You've run out of, out of success as it pertains to your, your physical body. You're, you're dealing with ailments. Here's what I'm believing for you today is you don't just get obsessed with answers, but you actually start asking the right questions. Identify the opportunity. Look for the old thing that you can make into a new thing. I believe that you're gonna start to experience the miraculous in a way where you begin to taste things that you say, I don't know where this came from. I don't, I, don't, I don't really know how I built this business. I really don't know how we floated in the midst of a storm. I really don't know how we came up successful in a time where it didn't seem like we should have been success. God must have been a ball. I'm telling you, it's the miraculous. It's the wonder. It wasn't my wisdom and it wasn't my mechanics. There was something at play that was bigger than me. It was man working in tandem with God. I don't know where you got this, but the divine is certainly involved. I want to talk to the person today that is plagued with questions. And I want to challenge you to say, hey, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it by obsessing over how are we going to do this and how are we going to do that and how are we going to make ends meet? What is the future going to look like? There are some of you that have been so in search of wisdom in this season that it's time to stop searching for wisdom and it's time to start looking for the wonder. I believe that there's some of you that as this has happened, you have obsessed over mechanics. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but... I, I, I feel this when I talk about it. I'm not talking about like a deep spiritual sensation. I'm talking about I get emotional when I think about these things because it resonates with my spirit, who I am on the inside so much that I just know that it's true. There's, there's some of you that are watching that, that in this season, you have been trying to figure out the mechanics of how are we gonna fix it? And the truth is, your job is not to fix it. Your job is to find the opportunity, to find an old thing that you can use for a new thing and actually lean into the wonder. Lean into the miraculous. Trust something bigger than yourself. I was with a buddy of mine yesterday, my friend Lance, and we went and we were, we, we got these water rafts and we're going, floating down the river and uh, the river wasn't moving very fast. But I look up and it starts moving fast down uh, as, as we're kind of floating down and it looked like there were rapids. So I kind of start freaking out because it looks like rapids are coming up. And I said, bro, are those, are those rapids? Like it looks like rapids 
rapids are, 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 are coming up. He's like, oh, dude, like, it looks like there is. I'm like, well, what are we going to do? Like, we're, we're, on, we're on rafts. Like, how are we going to make it through these rapids in true Lance fashion? And he, and he looks at me, and he goes like this, and he goes, ride the ride. And, and when he says this, it reminds me of when I was a kid riding roller coasters. And I used to obsess over what's going to happen in the ride. I remember talking to this one person being like, does, does it have flips? Yeah, it has flips. How many flips does it have? I don't, I don't know, but it, it, ha, it has flips. Does it have, does it have big drops? Yeah, it has big drops. How many big drops does it have? And I remember them stopping me and saying, hey, it doesn't matter. You're going to be buckled in. Enjoy the ride. And I think for some of you today, you, you feel just, just obsessed and, and overwhelmed by over all of your questions. But can I remind you, you didn't put yourself on the face of planet Earth. Life is not over. It's a, it's a new beginning. Don't allow yourself to freak out. Hear me. You're buckled in. Ride the ride. Don't lose the wonder. Experience the thrill of trusting in someone who's bigger than you. I want to wrap up our time together by reading you the scripture. I didn't know if I was going to read this, but I want to read it because I think like it's a good way to, to wrap it up. In the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 29, there's this passage of scripture, and I think it just goes so in line with, uh, with what I'm, I'm talking about today. Don't lose the wonder. Don't lose the wonder. Don't lose the wonder. Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 13, it says this. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips. In other words, God, we love you. God, you're our God. God, we trust you. God, you're the miracle worker. God, you're faithful. God, thank you for your grace, and thank you for for your mercy, it says, they honor me with, it says, but their hearts are far from me. Why? Because they, they, they've, they've cracked this code. They think it's about religious practice. They, they've learned, they've learned the rhythm. They've dissected the miraculous to where they've made it mechanics. And they, God, I love you. God, you're faithful. God, you're merciful. God, my trust is in you. I'm so glad that I have hope. He says, but their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they've been taught. The, the, the mechanics strictly based upon wisdom. And if I'm God and people are treating me this way, you know what I'm saying? Forget those people. Forget those people who, who have just made everything that I've done for them just strictly mechanic. They've taken all of the wonder and just strictly made it wisdom. I would be upset, but this is how good, this is how gracious our God is. This is what he says. He says, because they're like this, because they've made life mechanical, because they've lost the wonder, you know what I'm gonna do? He says, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. I will astound these people because they have made my miracles mechanical. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pour out more miracles. Because they've taken what has been full of wonder and made it strictly wisdom, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to surprise them with wonder upon wonder. And it says this, the wisdom of the wise will perish, and the intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. I'm here to tell you today, wisdom is good. But what is wisdom without wonder? What, what is wisdom without God in the middle? Mechanics are good. Planning, what are we going to do? What's the, what's the game plan? That's all good. But I'm here to plead with you today. Don't lose sight of the wonder. Don't lose sight of the fact that there is a God who loves you so much that put you on this earth who is trying to woo you with the miraculous so that you don't carry the weight of the world on your shoulders, but so that you can work in tandem with God to discover the wonder, to discover the miraculous, to know that I'm strapped in. I can just ride the ride. I don't have to obsess over my questions to the point that I'm driven to have answers. Answers. I can truly trust God. 
not having all the answers and being okay with it. I declare to you that wonder is in your future. I declare to you that you will be consumed by the goodness of God. For those of you who feel like you have run out, I declare to you today that the miraculous will continue to astound you time and time and time and time again. And I dare you to expect it. I dare you to anticipate it. I dare you to look for it. Business owner who feels like it's over, I dare you to lean not into wisdom right now, but I dare you to lean into the wonder. God, what do you want to do? God, what can you do? God, where are you working? Pay attention to the things that God is doing. He is looking to astound you with wonder upon wonder upon wonder. You know the funny thing about humans? What's gonna happen? We're gonna experience the miraculous and then we're gonna try to write books on how it happened. But let us never forget that it really wasn't us. It really was not our mechanics because before we ever had our questions, before we ever began to wonder, there was wonder working in the background. What do I do when I run out? What do I do when I feel like normal has run out? I get back to what this whole thing was supposed to be about in the first place. Man, walking with God. Man, dependent upon God. Look at this miraculous garden that I've created for you. Eat. But somehow I want to know, how do you grow this food? How do you, how do you make that happen? How, how do you make it last forever? Will it last forever? Sometimes you got to just trust that he wants to be your provider. He's, he's not looking to leave you hanging. He's looking to provide for you. He's looking to infuse your life with the miraculous. He's looking to infuse your life with the wonder, what is wisdom without wonder? Would you pray with me today? God, and across every home that is watching, God, across every screen, every person that may be holding a mobile device, God, that has been plagued and consumed by questions, that have been plagued and consumed by questions about the future, God, help us to, to, to get really just a revelation of who you are. God, just how good you are, that even when we take all of the incredible things and just dumb it down to science and dumb it down to mechanics, that you desire so much when we have dug our own selves into a hole to astound us once again with your wonder, to show us just how miraculous you are, to show us just how good you are, to show us just how faithful you are, not based upon anything that we can deserve. You're not doing it just because we found jars and filled them with water. God, we believe that you've been working before we even realized that you were working. Behold, I do a new thing, says the Lord. Behold, I do a new thing, says God. Behold, I do something fresh. I do something new. It's a new beginning. It's not a tragedy. It's a fresh start. It's not an ending. It's a new beginning. Don't get caught up in what was and pray that what is will be what used to be. No, cling to the new thing that I'm doing because it's fresh and it has actually been purposed for you to be able to step into your destiny. There are things on the inside of you that you don't even know that are on the inside of you. And had you not gone through this situation and had you not had these questions to the point that you had to lean into wonder, you would not walk into the season. If Jesus does not encounter this opportunity, he does not have the opportunity to actually perform the miracle that actually jumpstarts his ministry. God's involved far more than you think he's involved. Lean into the wonder. If you're here today, maybe you made a, made a decision to place your faith in Christ, to place your faith in the true miraculous plan of God, that God loved humans so much that he sent his son to die upon a cross 
come back from the dead so that we place our faith in him. God no longer sees us based upon our performance, but based upon his sacrifice. If you've never made the decision to lean into the ultimate wonder, I want to give you that opportunity today. In fact, right where you're at, I think this is a way that we practice leaning into the wonder, by reminding ourselves about the miraculous power of what we believed in, that God sent his son from heaven. Like, think about, we rationalize these things. Think about the power. God himself getting involved in humanity's issue. It wasn't his problem, but he made it his problem. He seized the opportunity. Today, in your life, can we remind ourselves of the wonder of salvation? miracle of salvation all across wherever you're at can we pray this out loud say this with me say Jesus today I believe in my heart and I say out of my mouth you are the son of God I believe that you live for me I believe that you died for me and I believe that you came back from the dead for me today I call you my savior Say this part, and I make you my Lord. Mean this with all your heart. Say, Jesus, help me to live the life that you made me to live. In Jesus' name. Right where you're at, all across your rooms, wherever you're watching this from, would you just close your eyes? The man's gonna lead us in a song. Here's my prayer for you, that God would do things in your heart that I cannot do with words. That God would tag your heart to be at peace to be at rest, to have questions, but to not be consumed by them. To have questions, but not to obsess over needing the answers. To lean into the wonder, to trust that he's got you. You can ride the ride. You can experience the highs. You can experience what feels like lows, because sometimes what feels like a low isn't always a low. Sometimes it's a new beginning. Sometimes it's a fresh start. Your best days are still ahead. Let's worship together. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.